Rise is Dave from Sarah, and listen to the opinion of people in the park. Can't see you waving. Oh, sorry. Welcome to episode 87 of Epitome of Stupidity, a podcast apparently that is still a thing. Hey, we're still doing this. Allegedly your favorite metal podcast. Uh, That there in the background is some chuggy fucking heavy goodness by our guy Saren. Saren. The song is called Thick Fire, and I think that is a very good way to describe how it sounds. It is thick, it is chuggy, it is heavy, it is good. Stay tuned. More on that. Mired in good thickness. But right now. But right now. I am Clint. I am Brian. And what have you been listening to, you are Brian? You go first. Oh, I am Clint, and I'm going to go first. I have been listening to a lot of Nine Inch Nails because I paid a an amount of money that I don't want to say out loud. Oh, you got some. Uh, for Nine Inch Nails tickets, they are what should be really good seats, and I'm really excited about seeing Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Call of Luna released a new album. It is freaking great, and I've been listening to a lot of that. As all of those same things apply to Zealand Ardor, son of a bitch, that thing is heavy. And uh, one of my new crushes is a band called Van Dampire. They're a, a London band that, to me, sounds like if Fours and Generation of Vipers had a music baby, and it is great. How much does the baby weigh? Uh, it, it, it fluctuates. Oh, okay. starts off at like four and a half, but then you get to something else and it's a solid nine pound hammer. Nine pound baby, huh? Yep. Nice. Very nice. Um, let's see my, in my search history here, we got Cult of Luna. Yay. I can actually listen to the new album. I enjoyed it, which is, which is not, uh, the same for the past. Um, a new guy that I found that Clint hates, but I'm gonna bring him up because I like him. The night, the last knife fighter. It's not metal, but uh, it's the you know Clint will tell you it doesn't have to be metal to be heavy, and I think it's pretty heavy. Um, without waves on there, went back to them. Oh, there you go, there you go. Uh, and Horndle, Horndle's on there. Oh, Horndle's always good. Yeah, and then the very last corrosion of the conformity. That's also always good. You know they're coming to town here soon. With uh, ministry, yeah, I um, don't care about ministry, but hey. oh, you were doing so good. Don't they sing that band when I am? Yeah, what are we doing here? Uh, so Brimming Horde are still really cool, they make <laughs> delicious mead. And if you go to their website, brimminghornmeadery.com, and use the code epitomead, E P I T O M E A D. When you're checking out, they will give you a 10% discount on all the delicious meat that you have ordered, and then they will ship it right to your house. Fun fact about them. They are the uh, show's longest-running sponsor. Set the record today. Today. They've bypassed 
Birmingham Horn. They, they, you know, they say fake it till you make it. <laughs> That's what we're doing. As of today, they have been with us longer than Birmingham Horn was yesterday. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> they've got that going for them. Uh, speaking of Birmingham Horn, we've got some uh, excited show related announcements. Show as in like gigs. Uh, kind of related to the Brimminghorn guys and some other stuff coming up for all you Columbus folks who may or may not give a shit. Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, up in this piece. So uh, we're not going to tell you about that now. But <laughs> oh, right, yeah. We will sooner or later. Cool. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, Epitomead, BrimminghornMeadery.com, delicious mead, use the code, get a discount. That's how it works. All right. Now what? Oh, I know what. Now we're going to set up a conversation with uh, with who, Dave? Dave, Dave, Dave or David? David. We're gonna go with Dave. We're That's going with guess. Dave for now. Okay. Um, he's in Canada, so you'll have to use the Canadian number. He's gonna be so nice. He's gonna be so nice. Don't start with the Canadian joke. It's well, not a joke. I'm already. I'm betting he's gonna be really nice. All right. What? There's a joke about Canadians being nice. Not that I'm aware of. Oh, what? What? Are you? Is there, are you having another stroke? Or are you <laughs> winking at me? <laughs> All right, I don't know how, I don't know how to dial, to dial Canadian numbers without being offensive. So, sorry. Ring, and he picked up on the line. We've got Dave of Saren. Dave, how are you? This uh, it's still Wednesday, right? Wednesday evening. Uh, so for me, it's it's the afternoon. I'm in LA right now, uh, which means I'm doing pretty good because it's uh, a lot sunnier from. A lot sunnier than Toronto, which is where I'm on vacation. Oh, no shit. Uh, so, so we're bothering him on vacation. Right. Perfect. All right, perfect. This is, this is I would I would get upset with you, but I kind of signed up. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I had some downtime, and I said, why, why not, why not uh, talk about my favorite thing, which is myself and my music? There you go. There you go. Uh, yes. Um, well, I guess since you're on vacation... What what do you what do you listen to while you're out there in LA relaxing? Did you go to the fucking Super Bowl? <laughs> no, I didn't go to the Super Bowl, but I mean now I can say it. Uh, it was an NDA before that I couldn't uh, invalidate, by, but my partner was actually working on it. So oh. the only reason I'm even out here is that she's been out here for like months and uh, had kind of a free apartment to, for me to crash for a little while. So I I don't know anything about the Super Bowl except that somebody won it and uh, that it Typical. was a big deal. I don't know if I answered your question. That it works for me, man. That that works for me. As a matter of fact, it's actually brought up another question that I doubt you'll answer. What was what what are they doing for the Super Bowl? That's what he just said. That there was an NDA for it. Oh, they they were uh, producing an event for the like helping produce, basically, and what exactly the, the details are. But event production is a big thing. Yeah. And uh, that's what they do. So they were part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, from my understanding, it's considered an event. <laughs> it's it's definitely not a small event. Um, the so, what are you listening to while you're out there on vacation? Genuinely, I, I haven't done much listening to anything. I kind of uh, my music intake is pretty relegated to when I'm in an entirely comfortable space. Uh, which is my my own apartment. So at the moment, I'm uh, I'm trying to think of like what the last thing I was listening to was. I'm drawing a blank. I, I kind of have to check my phone. I don't know how exciting that would be. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Exciting's not what we do, man. Go for it. All right, give me a second. I'm going to go grab it. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't have Oh. Yeah, yeah, I left in Toronto. Give me a second. <laughs> it's just across the room. Like All right, now I can actually give you a list. Because, again, we'll, we'll see how exciting this turns out. But, sure, let's uh, hear some of it. Live, uh, live at Freak Valley by Conan. Uh, Conan's a fucking awesome band. I Damn probably right. won't tell anyone that. And the live record they released. I think it was last year. Uh, it's just kind of all the best parts of that band, but now there's like an audience in the background going, "Yeah!" <laughs> Fine, like every every long A chord, which is most of most songs. Uh, then uh, there's an album called "Pain" by Caroline Polachek. Uh, I guess I could call it like a sort of experimental pop album, or at least experimental and pop as far as I'm concerned. All right. Yeah, and uh, I've been dipping back into Radiohead. Uh, so Amnesiac is kind of on rotation right now. It's a comfort album for me. Yeah, I've got a. Yeah. So a, that's that's me right now. That's uh, that's uh, if that's what gets you through, then that's what's going to work. Um, that's what's getting me through. The uh, you guys put out you can't go back last year, and that has been on my currently listening to a lot. Uh, that is a hell of an oh. album, and I'm sure you guys heard as much from people that aren't me. Uh, I know that I saw it popping up on some end of year lists. Uh, just you know, what was it like to see the album get that kind of love? Uh, I mean, it was partially. It sounds like so profoundly arrogant to say like expected. Expect is not a good word for it. But we knew when we were making it that we really enjoyed the songs, and we knew as it was being recorded that like, wow, these are these are really sounding. Uh, from an engineering standpoint, exactly how we want them to sound. So, honestly, like we knew that with a label, uh, a prosthetic size, kind of backing it a little bit, that it would probably end up doing relatively well by our, uh, which is not to say relatively well by anyone else's standards or certainly sales standards. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say it's all that surprising. It's kind of, it's nice to see that it's, Still on people's radars uh, after more than a few months, because we kind of expected, you know, a couple of people will still be listening to it, but other than that, it'll probably go away like most things. So I guess what I'm saying is it's nice and not entirely unexpected. Uh, dude, I love that answer as a, as opposed to the canned. Oh no, it's such oh, a grateful yeah. thing and all that. I, I, like no, that shit's fucking no, good. Yeah, Listen to it's it. It's good. Yeah. It's you guys should be listening. To it. <laughs> right. That's that. Uh, that's good. Um, you brought up prosthetic there. How how did you guys in prosthetic end up uh, joining up? Uh, just, I mean, I wouldn't say just dumb luck. Uh, it's kind of been a little while coming, but the label we worked with prior to prosthetic was a, a label based out of Hamilton, Ontario, where we're from. Well, Ontario is where we're from. Uh, but the label was based out of Hamilton, run by a guy named Dave Norman called Zegama Beach Records. And as far as I understand it, uh, the relationship Dave had with prosthetic, with prosthetic was that they picked up a few bands kind of uh, on his suggestion. So when we were figuring out what exactly we were going to do with uh, You Can't Go Back, Dave said, you know what, why don't you just pitch it to prosthetic? Like, I, I know the guy who does A&R there. Why don't you give it a shot? And I said, that's stupid and not going to work, but <laughs> I'll entertain it. And uh, surprisingly, it, uh, yeah. Steve just kind of Steve, who works A and R, got back to us saying like, "Yep, I love this. Uh, let's sign it." 
like, okay. Well, that, that shows what I know. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loves Steve. Everybody loves Steve. Steve's a great dude. Um, so let's, uh, before we get to too much further into you can't go back, let's, and I'm not trying to do this to sound funny, let's go back uh, and talk. Good, it wasn't funny. <laughs> well, I nailed that. Uh, it lends itself to so much wordplay. Like we, <laughs> we've, in the, in the practice space, we've exhausted everything you could possibly say that involves the words you can't go back. <laughs> I can imagine, man. So there's nothing you can say that uh, we haven't already done today. Which is part of why I'm not going to bother with trying. Um, so you guys were, it was you and Alex for a while, right? You guys were a two-man operation until uh, the last full album, uh, Burial Dream, right? Yeah, so... Uh... We started out as a three-piece, uh, and then when tensions kind of arose between myself and uh, the basses at the time, uh, decided a two-piece was the way forward, like just as a kind of recording act and, and, and not very much more than that. And then after Burial Dream, I would say, is when we started uh, oh, okay. you know, expanding the lineup a little bit, and then having it uh, the opposite of expanded, condensed back downward uh, around the time you can't go back. What uh, we, from our own personal experiences and, you know, having these conversations, uh, we love a good Craigslist musician story. Do you, do you have any good stories as to coming, coming into how the guys in the band ended up there? I mean, not any particularly, like, uh, amusing stories. I'll, I'll just say that all of the current bandmates did come from either Craigslist or Kijiji. Uh, what is Kijiji? So Kijiji, uh, uh, so I think Kijiji is pretty exclusive to Canada. I'm uh, going to say okay. it is and then okay. be proven wrong later. <laughs> uh, so Kijiji is just like, it's essentially just Craigslist, but uh, I guess a little more specific to Canada, maybe. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. I, was about, I thought maybe it was something yeah. we, that we haven't tapped yet, but uh, as you were, go on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much more to it. Like uh, all of our, Every member of the band, uh, past and present, has kind of come from uh, Kijiji or Craigslist. And uh, there aren't really too many stories to follow it. Just kind of, we either liked someone at the time or didn't like them after having like a beer with them or something. Did, did anyone want to like try out for the bass spot and then and mention like they didn't particularly have a bass or a bass amp or anything like that, but they were interested in trying out anyway? I, you know, I'm. It sounds familiar enough that I'm going to say yes, okay, but I okay. don't remember the details. Because at this point, that sort of uh, that sort of audition uh, would have been like ten years ago. Right. Okay. Uh, I would have right. been at least yeah. about nineteen. Yeah. Uh, we have had people try to join the band who were flat out too young, and uh, yeah, that was just. I mean, not even just really funny, but just oh. kind of sad because you clearly can't. You can't join us and play shows in bars. Like, right, right. But Dad says I'm really good. So <laughs> <laughs> let me try. Hmm. So what? What was the? Uh, how was it writing with a band for this album as opposed to uh, everything else? Right. So around the uh, Darker Lakes period, this is our second record, which we released on Zegama Beats. By now, beat the rush. Um, <laughs> that that was a five piece at the time. So we had. Two guitarists, myself included, uh, drummer, uh, bassist, and kind of a, a, we called 
Brett, our electronics manager, and I still call him that, uh, despite everyone's protest. And uh, so Paul, our bassist, and Brett, the electronics guy, kind of, for their own reasons, decided to part ways with us uh, right before we recorded We Can't Go Back. So that left us as a three-piece, just being myself uh, on guitar and vocals, uh, also bass at the time, uh, Matt on guitar, and then Alex on drums. So very condensed lineup. Not all dissimilar to kind of how we started initially. You guys make it through some lineup changes, don't you? We do. I, I mean, I, the thing to take from that at this point is that we're bad at some part of being in the band. <laughs> or just one or more of us are impossible to be around. <laughs> both of which are equally likely. E equally likely. <laughs> so, Equal, equally yeah. likely. Cool, uh, likely, yeah. So, um, speaking to the album and and the writing process and all that stuff, uh, what I guess we'll start with the easy one here: lyrical themes. Uh, so, from a lyrical perspective, it, it's generally been the case that as I write lyrics, I, I pretty much write them like almost the day of, like in the studio. Uh, a lot of times, I don't even actually write full lyrics. That's not to say that vocals aren't written. Uh, if anything, vocals are written before lyrics are applied for the most part. Makes sense. Uh, like thematically speaking, that's to say that I don't have, uh, at the time lyrics are written, I, I generally don't have an idea what I'm trying to say and kind of end up picking through it and figuring out what exactly I was going through at the time, uh, like about a year or two years afterwards. So that being uh, the qualifier, I can say that I was going through uh, a breakup, like a prolonged breakup at the time of the record. Uh, and that was thematically, uh, yeah, kind of kind of the anchor. What, with, the, with the vocals being, you know, so sparse, where, where does it come, you know, when, when do you know where they go? It's, you know, what kind of feeling do you get or kind of situation arises that says, you know what, now? Now is when I have to say something. It, it really comes pretty naturally. I mean, there's just, we try to make songs, or write songs in such a way that we feel like they would be strong regardless of uh, whether or not their vocals applied to them, or right. at least strong enough to our satisfaction. Right. I, I would but there's certain that. moments where, you know, like Reckoner's a good example. It's so obvious that vocals should go there during the dun, 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 dun part. Like it's, it's really just kind of felt out on a case by case basis. Well, as far as that goes, um, the the song that we used for the open here was Thickmire. Was uh, was that intended to be instrumental, or at one point were you sitting there trying to figure out where vocals might go? I'd initially intended for it to be instrumental. There was a part, uh, or at least a period, when it was actually being recorded in studio, when I thought, like, you know what, I, maybe I could layer some vocals on top. And everything I attempted to uh, apply to it just wasn't working. So I figured, you know, there's, there's no reason to try to make this something it isn't. Yeah, no reason and, for uh, it. I also tried to think of it in terms of how I'm going to enjoy playing it live. And the section at which I was thinking of placing vocals in Thick Meyer is a point at which we're all generally kind of going off. So it's like, you know, I don't really want to be standing by the microphone at that point. I kind of like to be uh, banging my head, hurting my neck sort of thing. 
Yeah. I, I don't know that we've heard heard sort of that thought process yet. That I mean, yeah, we're not going to sing over technical parts, but you know, this part's pretty fucking heavy. I'd rather be enjoying myself. Yeah, I'd rather be doing something yeah. else than than singing this mic. So yeah, I should appreciate that. Oh yeah. Kudos to that. Um, so looking through things about Saren, and uh, I, I saw some conversations that you've had before, where it, it's noted that uh, what metal for optimists and pushing the heavy aesthetic into realms less explored by downtuned guitars, guttural vocals, and pounding drums. Uh, no, I'm definitely I'm reading definitely that. Not reading. I'm that. definitely <laughs> reading that. I, I recognize our marketing copy when I hear it. <laughs> You so, memorized that. Uh, yes, for sure. Me and both my brain cells. Um, I, I, I want to expound on that, but I'm not smart enough to put it into question form. So, go. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, I have to say, like, off the bat, that uh, because we, we tried to figure out, like, what, what's, you know, b- before the record was being released, well before, in fact, you know, like, uh, Becky, who works, uh, I'm sure you know, yeah, kind of works as PR uh, for the most part for prosthetic, and I were trying to figure out like, okay, so what's the you know text to paper? What's the selling point of this band? And we kind of kept coming up with different things that made zero sense. So this was just what made the most sense: pushing the heavy aesthetic into realms less explored with what was it? General yeah. vocals, now doing guitar. Which incidentally, now that I hear it, I'm like, wow, that's that's never been done in metal before. Federal <laughs> vocals and pounding drums. <laughs> Who's ever heard of such a thing? But I'm pretty sure I wrote that, so I have no one but myself. Well, uh, when paired with the the metal for optimists thing, it it, it makes for a, an interesting juxtaposition there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that would be the the territory less explored, uh, if any. It's kind of at least looking at how this past record uh, came out. You know. Uh, doesn't sure you see me if, if you've read a few things that I've, I've said. It just it ended up sounding way more uh, major. Like it, most of the time, I would say the record is in a major key. So that would be the less explored territory if there is. And just for being a guitar nerd myself, I have to ask: no need to elaborate. Just what is your typical tuning? Uh, I think it's a, a sort of slight variation on drop A. Oh, and then wow. sometimes okay. we'll drop the, uh, as in, as is the case in Sickmeyer, we'll drop the low A down to a low E so that it's just a full octave lower uh, than the string that uh, follows it. Are you playing? Just get a really kind of dull thud out of it. Are you, are you playing six strings? Seven strings? Yeah, yeah, six strings. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're playing basically uh, electric lines as far as, uh, <laughs> right. as far as thickness on your strings there. Jesus. OP. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we are. I don't remember the exact uh, gauge, but it's you know when I go in and ask for whatever it is, they they say, "Oh, you play bass." (laughs) (laughs) All right. I digress. I just had I just had to know. Thanks, though, Clint. I'm happy to talk about (laughs) some more meaningful things. No, yeah, that's (laughs) hell. I'm interested in that stuff too. It. I mean, as you as a matter of fact, let's go with that. When you're talking to guys to potentially join the band, do you let them know that you're going to have to use tree branches for strings? <laughs> Suspension cables, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> They're hard to tune. And to intonate. Mm-hmm. Let alone clip. Um, so, now that this uh, now that this album's out and 
you know, for what, like almost a year now. I'm sure you've heard more than a couple comparisons. Are there any that you particularly like or any that you are don't like or are tired of? I have a love-hate relationship with the very understandable ISIS comparison. Uh, I, I, I don't that. think that'll <laughs> ever go away, uh, especially considering the style of vocals, which are just like, you know, textbook uh, Aaron Turner. Uh, I guess one of the things I'm a little, yeah, I, I, and I try not to let it bother me too much. I try to catch myself when I, when I feel myself getting annoyed by it is I feel like we've kind of pushed past certain aspects of the ISIS aesthetic. So sometimes when, when I hear people or rather read people saying like, it sounds just like ISIS, oh, yeah. I want to respond. It doesn't sound just like ISIS. <laughs> I, I played a, a major A where they would have gone minor. How can you see this? <laughs> To me, but for, for anyone thing. to say that it sounds just like this or just like that is just absurd anyway. I mean, right. Whatever. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's entirely a matter of it. Like, I, I really can't get any more upset at it uh, than I already have been. Because, you know, for some people, it's just, it is just going to sound like I you know, at least they don't not... need to have a background in music theory or, in, uh, you know, David theory, which is more important. <laughs> if they start saying you sound just like Godsmack, then let us know and we'll we'll, we'll gladly help we'll, you. With we'll that. Alert, the, yeah. alert the appropriate. Yeah, well, I think we'll probably convene like a band meeting the day we get that. <laughs> right. uh, what the other side of that? Have have there been any that have caught you off guard that made you happy? Sure there have been off the top of my head. Well, actually, generally, yeah. yeah, I can't really think of any, to be frank. One, I remember, I mean, way back in the day, one promoter said he sounded like Black Sabbath, which I thought, okay, so you, you've probably heard one metal band. Like Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone sounds like Black Sabbath, right. whoever said that, for sure. I, yeah, yeah. And not to, not to be an elitist prude, but yeah, it's, it's kind of hard not to have those thoughts after, <laughs> after hearing that. But, I mean, I, Sabbath is a good band. Uh, I'm probably the first to say it, so I wasn't really yes, no, it, it was a surprise. Some might say great. Yeah, yeah. hang on. We're, get, we're getting the breaking news sound. Mm -hmm. um, so when you write the headline, make sure that's really it. <laughs> Dave likes Sabbath. So you guys, you know, obviously, Corona, COVID, whatever, fucking pandemic world, you haven't really gotten to tour for this, uh, which I'm sure is just as shitty as it sounds. Uh, so how much fun was it to at least get to drag the amps out and play outside and play loud for the videos that you guys did with the Live at Jamie's House thing? It was very fun. And uh, as, I, as I said uh, before, though not necessarily here, very necessary. Just kind of, it, it was really the only sort of celebratory um, not really record release, but really just record celebration sort of thing. Like, it was our equivalent of a record release party. Why just two songs? Uh, we, I mean, we only had so much money at our disposal, and the more songs we played, you know, the more, uh, the, the greater that bill would, would have grown. Interesting. Yeah, money is a bitch sometimes. Um, yeah, also, we, uh, we, we've had live material shot for, I think, almost every other song on the record. So we figured, let's just, you know, let's kind of round it out now. So, you know, we did a couple songs for Metal Injection. 
uh, we had the Reckoner video, which featured us not playing live, but you know, it was video of us playing songs. Right. right. We're like, okay, let's just let's just kind of close the loop here. Well, it's it's finally happening, and you guys, it looks like you guys are finally going to be able to actually do a small tour. Uh, if I remember right, it's basically all Canada dates, right? Canadian yeah, it's, it's uh, so we're the details are still being sorted out at the moment, uh, just because I mean, COVID is is still not over, or at least not over in a way that all, all venues and all cities are are totally okay with. It's understandable, uh, but we're looking at uh, just kind of touring around a couple provinces, which is ours and the one right beside it. We're doing a few dates in Ontario. And then a few dates in Quebec. Uh, we'll see if we, you know, manage to extend it either way. But uh, it's just—it's a nice little way of kind of dipping our toe in the waters. We, you know, didn't get to swim in earlier. Is, is it a uh, is it a thing where depending on how this goes, you know, we'll try to do more, or is it? I, I assume actually, I think I know the answer to this. Or is it more wait and see what happens with pandemic world? Uh yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a, little bit of B. Uh, we've also never toured uh, as Saren, despite having members who have toured with with other uh, other projects. So th this is kind of this will be our first time properly touring uh, as a unit. So we're gonna feel it out in that way. Uh, we all like each other and respect each other substantially. That I don't foresee there being real issues. But you know, famous last words. Right. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, with that in mind, is there any is there any concern about like performance anxiety with you know how long it's been since you played and not actually playing with these guys or touring with Saren? Is there any concerns once you are hitting the road? I would say not in terms of the actual performance. Not really. No, I mean the only thing to really. Uh, concern myself with, and which is going to take some a good amount of preparation, is from a vocal standpoint. You know, I, I've I've not yet been in a position where I'm doing aggressive vocals night after night for you know maybe oh, yeah. six or seven or eight days on end. So that's the sort of thing that I'm I'm kind of building up some stamina now uh, with regards to. Also, from a chiropractic standpoint, uh, I can't. Uh, I would say I've been seeing a chiropractor, and I'm learning that uh, my typical mode of headbanging is not not congruent with longevity, <laughs> to put it in chiropractor's terms, hmm. both spinally and chronologically. So, did it give you so, uh, a, a, a you know an alternative headbanging method to, uh, to prevent? He suggested. He said. It, I mean, he said. Uh, Whatever the exact word is, that spinal flexion is a, is never a good thing, regardless of its, of its format. Okay. But if you want to headbang, uh -huh. uh, he said I would say he recommended body bang, which body bang. sounds all kinds of fun in its own right. <laughs> but it's more that sort of full body, full body headbang. You're not really moving your neck so much as you're kind of flexing the entire torso forwards and backwards. Which I think actually looks cooler, and uh, it's something I'm trying now. We can be practiced in this space. I'm like, guys, let me know how this looks. <laughs> doing, it, doing it in the mirror in the morning, like, how's this, how's this going? I think, I think <laughs> once you get this down, I, I, you know, we're going to be happy to pitch in. 
And I think we're going to do like Lamaze classes for, for headbanging. Head and Corpse Grinder guy, not the guy with the biggest. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. going to have him be an example of what not to do. Right, right, right. right. We got it. We got I, it. I think, uh, yeah. I think this is a million dollar idea right here. <laughs> I like it. This, uh, this could be good. Um, I, I've got it noted here, and I can't help but wonder where did the name come from? What is what and where is Saren? Or not where, but where? what? 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 Where? Where is Saren? <laughs> if I knew where Saren was, I'd be on a watch. Uh, <laughs> Saren is a. I'll say I, I came up with or had the idea for the band name when I was maybe about uh, like seventeen. I was in college, and I was. Uh, as you know, any typical college student looking for a class to kind of just blow off entirely. One was called Understanding Cult. <laughs> All and, right. Uh, there was a Japanese subway attack uh, pervaded or perpetrated by a cult, uh, whose name I, of course, forget because, again, blow off class. Uh, but the agent they used and spread on the subway uh, was called Sarin. And it's this you know, horrifying chemical agent uh, basically kills you. It doesn't lead to a good day for anyone. Oh, all right. And at the time, like, I'm going to use that one day because I'm 17. One day I'm going to be in a metal band. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then when I turned 19 and we started the band, I was like, I have just the name. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of where the name came from. And uh, yeah, now, now I'm just kind of living with the name that I decided to choose for the band when I was, you know, functionally a child. <laughs> well, you know, it's also a song title now, right? No, I doubt that. <laughs> I know he doesn't. Okay. So, what's the name of the band? Absent and Body. Absent and Body has a, a song on their their new album coming out called Saren. So, uh, you know, you were oh, that's nice. I, I assume it's some sort of tribute. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what. Is. Yeah, that's, that's what we what, thought. It's it's the only thing that makes sense as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Um, we've only got a couple more for you, and then we'll end this in the goofy ass way that we do. Um. Uh, I'm gonna. What, what's your favorite riff, both yours and otherwise? Oh God, man! Smoke on the water is not acceptable. <laughs> favorite riff. Okay, I'm gonna say my my favorite riff of all time uh, comes from my favorite song of all time. Uh, just so did we by ISIS. The I just I have such an emotional attachment to that song and uh, and that record, obviously. Uh, the I mean the only thing I can do for anyone who isn't aware of it, unless you intend on like uh, splicing it in, could I just like mouth how it goes? <laughs> Tell you what, I think it'd be better for this show if you mouth it. Right, for sure. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, the scene has been set. We're we're, we're approaching the end of the song. Uh, kind of quiet buildup coming on, and then you know, sort of expected, but in a way that's not not a novelty. Just this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. Ever <laughs> this is this is what we're here for, man. This is exactly why we do what we do. And I so think you nailed it. Using the intro, uh, I, I I gave you. Just use that. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for, man. It's a. Uh, I, and again, I love that fucking song as well, and I think you nailed it. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, round of applause. Round of applause. What? Uh, yeah. As, okay, go ahead. As far as my own, I give give me twenty seconds to like cycle through the riffs. 
sure. uh, we written just mentally. Can you sing that that other riff while you think about it? <laughs> it might be it might be distracting. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll say it's not so much a, a riff uh, as it is, I guess, a lick. If you want to get really, you know, really, really technical about it, the um, and the last song on the record, uh, "Leave Your Body," there's like this sort of dancey. I, I, I've been told it sounds like like Irish almost, uh, sort of sort of lead. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I did with the ice. It goes. Just as dumb as the first time. Well, I think it's getting better with it. Yeah, so I I really like that. That's something. I can't really explain why I like it, but I like it. I I like that you like for for a guy that writes the ridiculously heavy riffs like what's in Reckoner and Thickmire. Thickmire. I do. I I try to make that one word when I say it. Thick. Meyer, uh, I, I'm, I love that you like the, uh, the kind of weirder things for yourself there with that, not completely typical ISIS riff and the, you know, the, the Saren does Irish dance music riff that you mentioned as well. Yeah, that's what I tend to, to gravitate towards personally. And, uh, I'm very glad to have my band to kind of pull me back when I, when I come to the practice with Irish jigs. <laughs> Speaking of your bandmates, you guys and your social media had something going on uh, with Corn's Untouchables cover a while back, and I don't care if I'm the only one that's amused by it. I have to ask you about it. What the hell was that? Before, yeah. I mean, we just—I really don't know. It was like a, a weird confluence of uh, ideas and humor all coming together at the same time. Uh, it has been like a kind of a almost a running joke in the practice space that uh, sometimes, like when the practice was kind of dying down, we didn't really know what else to do. I would recommend uh, this new song I wrote, and then I'd play the riff from "Here to Stay" by Corn. <laughs> uh, we just we just we just go right into time. it. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't even in the, the little joke. There wasn't even intentional. It was more. Um, I think it was either Matt or Alex just posted like. Uh, a picture, like an, an image that was like us repeating sort of ad infinitum. And uh, then I think one of us, Andrew, put like a filter on top of it that looked like kind of sepia-esque. And I'm like, okay, I know what to do here. And I just <laughs> made it look like uh, the, the Untouchables uh, album and called it The Unlistenables. That was, that was well worth the build-up. That was funny. I can just imagine you guys going right into the and doing the body bang thing while you're playing yeah, here yeah, to t- yeah. here to stay. Mm-hmm. See, that, this is that's how you that's how you meme a practice. Our other guitar player plays Green Day at any drop of right. Get, so that you know he needs to learn. He needs to. We do play some corn every once in a while, some blind or whatever right. that song's called. But yeah, they win the the the, the band practice memes. For yes, sure. Yeah. for sure. Um. Yeah, no, I think that's all the uh, quote-unquote serious questions we have. So uh, I think you can take it from here with the... All right, so this is where the show gets, believe it or not, dumber than it was before. Um, We'll do a real quick rapid fire. I'll give you two options. You let me know which one suits you best. Clint will chime in with bullshit. Um, Hey! Other than that, uh, well, there's one thing after that. But until then, here's the rapid fire. You ready? 
as ready as I reasonably can. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Toilet paper, under or over? When you say that, you mean like the way the toilet paper hangs off of the, the Correct. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Over. I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> That's a common answer. <laughs> all of it. All those words. The the Beatles or the Stones? <sighs> Beatles. Mm, yeah. Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. Am I asking that next? Did yes, you, just, you are. Okay. I added some things. Yeah, you added something here. Okay. Um, who would play you in a movie about your life? Ooh. This is supposed to be rapid fire. I'm not supposed to deliberate on it. <laughs> right. um, First person comes to mind. I'm going to say uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. All right. You know what? I can see that now that you say that. Beer or liquor? Liquor. Um, in the comic books at all? Marvel or DC? And not. Okay. Uh, but I would say I will say Marvel seems more fun than DC. Okay. Uh, woods or ocean? Woods. Being from Canada, that makes sense. Uh, fall or spring? Spring. <laughs> yeah. Your go-to karaoke song. Here to stay by Corn. Honestly, it was the first thing that came to mind. But it's, uh... <laughs> you know, let's let's just go with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn it, Clint. All right. Last one. Um, sausage links or patties? The first one. <laughs> Whatever that is. I got it. All right. Okay. And we'll get you out of here on our super, uh, very specific to us, never been done before question. Uh, you get shipped off to an island for the rest of your life. You get to take one album with you. What is that album going to be? Panopticon, ISIS. Nice. I uh Lance's prediction was wrong. Yep, I had I had Radiohead predicted here. You know, Radiohead went through my head, but I'm like, I just I have a bit more of an emotional attachment to Panopticon. It is a beautiful album. That's it. That's all the hoops we have. Yep, that's it, man. Uh, we appreciate you talking with us on a still Wednesday, right? Still Wednesday, Wednesday night, yep. uh, afternoon for you apparently. Um, we uh, I'm gonna say. Goodbye here, but don't actually hang up. We'll shoot the shit for a second after. Uh, have fun editing that, Brian. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on with us, Dave. David, whichever. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, this has been fun. I enjoyed it. Let me know. Am I supposed to leave now? I kind of missed that part. You're supposed to fake leave. You're supposed to stick around, but we're going to fake like you're leaving right now. All right. Later, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye, dude. Bye, Dave. There you go. Yep. That welcome, was fun. Welcome to the after party. We welcome to the after party. The uh, I'll be your designated driver. You know, my uh, my favorite part of that is some good answers and stuff. Was body bang? Well, besides what we said is how we're cracking up and he never laughed. I love it. I that. know. <laughs> he was so dry. I love it. It was great. I can appreciate that brand of humor so fucking Like much. the I couple times it. he chuckled made me laugh even harder at whatever <laughs> it was. He's just like, mm. Yep. Yeah, next, next question. I love it. I, it, was, it was really good. Um. Yeah, uh, if you haven't, check out the album. Uh, we are going to play a song from it here in just a second called Reckoner. Uh, thanks again to him for coming on, uh, obviously, and always thanks to our guys at Brimminghorn. 
Review us on iTunes. You can now rate us on Spotify, too, at least on the phone app. Oh, shit. So do that. Uh, we are on all the socials, as long as all the socials are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, get the song. Get the twit in. So, yeah. Um, stick around for the Saren Song Reckoner. Be sure to turn that shit up. In its entirety. In its entirety, yes. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, anything else to go? Yeah.